Hey, what's up everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. Hey, this is Liz. This is Heather. This is Steve. And this is Izzy. This week, we are diving into our first week of Timber with Police Academy, the original. All right, hit that music. Hey everybody, join us for our next Podcart Fest, a celebration of podcasting and art. With so many incredible artists of all kinds being affected by the pandemic and shutting down of festivals in general, uh, we wanted to bring them together to one incredible virtual festival and give you the opportunity to interact with them directly in their virtual booth, uh, witness them demonstrate their marvelous skills on our live stream, show off some of their new products in their shops, and just have a great fun time in general at Podcart Fest. For the latest information, Please follow us at Podcart Fest on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcart Fest. That's P-O-D-C-A-R-T-F-E-S-T. Where you can stay up to date on which podcasters, crafters, actors, painters, directors, creators, and more will be featured. Oh, did I mention it's free? Because Podcart Fest is free. So you can pass that admission fee right along to an artist who needs your help in these desperate times and have a bunch of fun with some amazing personalities while getting some unique gifts and art for yourself or a loved one. Uh, see you soon at Podcart Fest, hosted by Everything I Learned from Movies. So, Liz, I think that you should tell everybody what they're about to experience for your birthday month. Oh, I'm so excited, so excited. We've been talking about doing this for two and a half years, I think, and it's finally here. It is finally Gutenberg! Oh, my God. So... <laughs> Uh, we have decided, I have decided that for my birthday, I want to celebrate the entire month with unexpected 80s dreamboat Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into why it's unexpected and how it became. But we have guests. We have guests for the first episode of Good Temper. I'm so excited. We have with us today the ones who helped get this whole ball rolling and have kept it going. And we have Steve and Izzy from Everything I Learned from Movies. Hey, guys. Oh, my God, you do? Where? Yeah, those guys are awesome. <laughs> Woo! Goo temper, baby. Woo! Steve, I've been that. threatening yeah. for years. Years, <laughs> So, the man who wasn't there. Yes. We, we man who wasn't there at it, and we Zeus and Rock stand it, and now we are going to Police Academy it. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> such a great song for such a questionable movie it's a great oh, yeah. movie it is a movie of its time oh yeah oh, but yeah you know what we can never forget how we were and how far we've come 
Yeah. We can we can try. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we uh I, yeah, we're, we're trying to do so we have again, we've got police academy this week. We're going to have short circuit, we're going to have uh, three minute a baby, we're going to have it takes two. We're just going to hit all the classic goot of it all and I, you know, I was, I was deciding, I was like, do we do the first Police Academy movie? Do we do the first four Police Academy movies? We just decided we're going to do the first one. But I did watch all four. Oh, nice. I did. And, oh, and the I'm rest sorry. are on uh, HBO Max, we found out. So <laughs> yes, you watched yes. all, all four, but aren't there like nine? Seven. There are Seven. only four with the goot. So oh, yeah, yeah. that's, that's uh... where I, that's where my adventure ends. I don't, uh, I'm not invested enough in the rest of the gang to want to stick around for more than that. But it was actually really funny because watching these movies and I made Paul watch them with me and, and I was like, oh, I forgot. Police Academy 3 is my favorite. And apparently I still have 90% of it memorized from when I was a kid. So yeah. that was fun. <laughs> so is, is that one your favorite too? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 this way me and Liz get along. We uh, <laughs> we understand the Police Academies uh, only get better yeah, as the no, Rotten no. Tomatoes get I, I get it. You're both uh, over 6'5". You yeah. both love uh, to just play basketball, anyway. snuggle uh-huh. with pets, uh-huh. watch Police Academy. Okay, wow, you are really... <laughs> You are really not bad. Like, <laughs> two, two for five there, I think. So, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. No, I just, again, I, I loved it as a kid. I don't know why. It was probably, it probably like every other third movie in every other franchise I've watched in my life was the first one that I saw. And so you just, you know, you never forget your first. Uh, but okay. yeah, I, I love this movie so much. Yeah. The, the third one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched until this week i don't think i've ever watched any of them all the way through i just remember and i still don't, i don't even remember what the character's name is the guy that can make the funny noises josie larvel what, what was it dr monsignor larvel jones esquire oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> my personal uh, so fun fun fact and i'm sure i've mentioned on this show a million times so that uh, actor's name is michael winslow and again he is known for those things he's also in space balls doing the exact same thing which is awesome and uh his brother sang in the uh houston grand opera chorus with my husband for a while so he was the boxer i have no idea i've never met him so (laughs) he was the mute in that movie he was playing against (laughs) right well this is the brother so yeah Yeah, yeah. if michael winslow had been in the opera chorus i've been like i'm gonna need him to come to one of our fat guy events that'd be great we can make that happen but yeah this guy didn't come, so yeah, I don't know who I, he is. Oh, I just—that's who I remember from all of these shows. I do not remember uh, Gutenberg until I had to rewatch it, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, yeah, there was a white guy in the show." <laughs> <laughs> but you don't Indeed, remember? There was. There were a couple. or hooks, or uh, uh, oh my god, G.W. Bailey. Um, G.W. Bailey, yeah, the guy uh, from the closer. Harris, of, oh yeah, that is. I yeah so let's let's just get in and start talking about the actual movie here because I, I will say though about uh three and four which is citizens on patrol another one of my personal favorites because it's got more bobcat in it but uh they get they do get less racist and slightly less sexist as you go along <laughs> so, <what? laughs> I mean, slightly yeah, yeah slight I mean slightly but the first one I have not seen in so many years that's kind of why I wanted to just go ahead and do this one and I was like oh wow there's there's things there's things happening in this movie and uh back in my day there were johnson's as far as the eye can see (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, this is the only R-rated one I found out. And it was like, wait, why is this the only R-rated one? And then the uh, beach scene came up at the shower scene. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, that's right. Everybody only remembers the podium scene. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, so Paul, after the first movie, he's like, there's a lot of boobs in this movie. It's like, there in fact are a lot of boobs in this movie. It's a very 80s movie. Uh, and then as we went forward, I actually put him on the... I actually put him on boob count. Uh, so he got to keep track of how many boobs showed up in the other movies. So I, I just don't know why that was just such a requirement in the eighties. They were like, we can have just a perfectly normal movie, but we just have to have just random naked ladies in it. And why was it okay to be a peeping Tom when you work for the police? It's only okay to be a peeping Tom if you're a good looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. when Harris did it, that's when they were all screaming. Ah! And gee, why do I need boobs in an 80s uh, comedy, uh, a raunchy comedy? I don't know, just because? <laughs> because that's half your demographic. Look, look if you got boobs uh, in the man who wasn't there, you're going to have it in Police Academy. It's true, it's true. And remember in The Man Who Wasn't There, he was like, oh, you know, the first thing I'm going to do and I'm making is go to the uh, ladies' locker room. And they couldn't even say, hey, you went into the ladies' rock locker room and just insinuate. No, they're like, we got to show you what he's seeing. Yeah, well, and, uh, I think, and I think we also had a discussion rooms. whether they were of age or not, and that got awkward. Because yeah. she was a oh, high school teacher. teacher. High school, yeah, that was even worse. That was worse. <laughs> I think showers, like large showers, were just readily available in the 80s. You know, like after that, they stopped using them. Like my high school, the showers, I think, were like a storage unit or something. Like they did, no one ever actually showered in them. So they just had this plethora of shower sets that they could use for these movies. They're like, well, you know, no, but I mean, it's not realistic to think that people will shower with clothes on. So we're just we're just documenting, y'all. We're just we're just here providing news to the masses. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's the way shit goes down. Mm-hmm. But but my thing was like bonfires. I've been to a lot of bonfires in my day. I live in Texas. We like a bonfire. I've never seen boobs out around the bonfire, so that was fun. It was like oh, like <laughs> different parties. Like you know, I've been to a lot of parties, been to a lot of crazy like wild parties, and I'm just I've never gone. You know what? I feel like just taking my shirt off. All right, all right, ladies, I have to step in here because okay. uh, my father was a police officer, okay. and I have been to these parties. And uh, once the cocaine comes out in the eighties, yes, you will see some boobs. Um, so, is the, so is the cocaine to boob ratio like? So is it one to two, or or, or are we talking like one gram, one bag? No. Like snort the two boobs, or you know? And well, they snorted off the boobs for sure. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'd say it's really like every I'd say eight grams you're gonna see a set of titties. <laughs> so so why aren't the men who are also snorting cocaine taking their tops off? Oh they well they usually are at the beach. It's just they have so much chest hair you can't really tell. That's a lot of like open Hawaiian shirt things happening and saxophones for no reason. Oh, okay. for no reason. Come on, it's the eighties. Well, like, I mean Hold on, I should do the Lost Boys. It's not a cocaine party without my saxophone. (laughs) Where do you think you store the cocaine when the fuzz shows up? (laughs) In the saxophone. Don't blow on that saxophone. (laughs) (laughs) You will regret it. Or not. Maybe not. So so let's start at the beginning. We we start out, we've just got a, a... an office building and we have a security guard tackleberry wandering his way through scaring the crap out of the boss he's like hey so glad you're joining the police force and won't be here on monday you should go check out the the storeroom that would be good go do that and so he goes in with no lights and just shoots the place up i know this 
this I'm very proud of the police force for training that out of him. <laughs> Did uh, they <laughs> Spoiler alert, uh, it doesn't train it out of him. <laughs> like no. when, when the lights are out and you can't see, you don't go in guns a blazing and just shoot everything you see, right? Or you don't see in this case. I think there should have been some kind of and maybe there is at some point some sort of backstory where he's like a nom vet and like totally, you know, I don't know, PTSD out the wazoo. Cause that's, that's like the vibe he gives off, but I don't know that they ever say that he has any of that. He's just a crazy guy who likes that. Yeah. yeah, The the best we get is we, we meet his family and they're also gun nuts and a little psycho. And it's like, (laughs) Oh, and he, uh, and then there's the uh, girl that comes in and I think number three played by Colleen camp. I forget her name. Yeah. Yeah. They, they they have a love for guns and uh, yeah. it sparks their romance. <laughs> I love, all right, this has nothing to do with this movie, but I freaking love her family. They just yeah. like punch the shit out of each yeah. other constantly. Look at me, dad, like punch right in the face. And I play, and, and the fun thing is that Tackleberry is a nut and he's sitting back going, what the fuck am I watching? Like, yeah. The best. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Th- in this one, he's just, yeah, just a gun nut and a little on the psych little on the uh, full metal jacket kind of side. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't miss his targets, at least. You know, he didn't kill any of those three people that he shot at. No, but they're just like, they're like they flip on the lights and it's like, happy going away, Tackleberry. <laughs> He's like, uh, thank you. She's like, bye. That was like, <laughs> we are done with you, sir. Like, like, what kind of security like, guard even has a gun? Like, like, oh, you guys. I don't know. What city was he in? It depends. <laughs> guys uh so it's never said what city this takes place. it's just metropolitan and mm-hmm. anytime they're like oh yeah it's in the like oakville part of town or whatever any guesses on where this was shot though canada i know where it was shot yeah because <laughs> i always thought it was chicago but apparently it's on the it's... other side of the lake in toronto yeah i think it's supposed to feel chicago but yeah it was shot in toronto yeah it's those damn canadians right they'll just hire anybody to be police up there True. <laughs> With their one bear gun, they gave it all to Tackleberry. Well, probably skyrocketed uh, during Prohibition when everybody went over there to freaking get booze and stuff and bring it back to the U.S., huh? Mm. There you go. Dirty Americans. Americans caused it. <laughs> but then we, we jump from Tackleberry's going away party to uh, Mahoney, our lovely Steve Gutenberg, parking cars or attempting to park cars in a very passive aggressive way. And I'm here for it. There's a reason I don't park cars. Yeah, <laughs> totally do that. I mean, what kind of dick uh, is like thinks that they can be? I'm sorry, you know. So Gutenberg, yeah, obviously he has a, uh, you know, problems with authority, but like mm-hmm. that guy kind of deserved what he got, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, he's like the lot is full. The lot is full. There are no places in the lot to park. Guy's like, you're a dickhead. Get your boss. The boss is like. I'm a dickhead. Go park the car. He's like, but yeah. where? Just do it. All right. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. If you're, if you, if you're in a rush and you got to park it, at least try to grease the wheels by like, Hey, here's 20 bucks. Can you find a spot for me? Kind of thing. But maybe not just being the world's biggest dick face. Exactly. Well, you know, literally I, anything. Exactly. Well, park it illegally. You know, you park it illegally and you have to just keep moving it. And when somebody needs to uh, move it, but Liz and I know a guy that you couldn't go out to dinner with him because you'd get your food spit in. And Craig, no, it's <laughs> well, not Craig. no, it's it, not Craig. Weirdly enough, it's not Craig. No. Oh, well, well. <laughs> but it was just like that was this guy, and this guy would do the same stupid thing. Like, hey, I'm going to be a complete douche canoe, and here's mm-hmm. my car. Please treat it nicely. And like, here's my like hundred thousand dollar lease. 
yeah. car He's like, because I've got I'm really old and need to show off that I'm not old. Yeah. Like put two and two together that you don't um, hand over valuable items or ask for things to be prepared for you to ingest to somebody you were just acting like that too but you know mm-hmm. i never put to yeah so anyway <laughs> this guy literally i i went to lunch with him several times and he actually made the wait staff go get him a napkin that matched the color of his pants because the white napkin that they gave him and everyone else in the restaurant would probably leave lint on his very important pants like don't put your don't put your napkin on your pants right i was like uh yeah because like, i'm not with him collar. come on yeah. I was like, I'm not with him. I'm just, just like, at the table. Like, well, I'm here. I will take three white napkins. Thank you very much. Oh, 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 to be fair, uh, Landry's in and you know Saltgrass and a lot of the nicer restaurants in Houston actually do that. They have a black mm-hmm. uh, 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 napkin spot and a white napkin spot, and they give you different ones depending on your pants color. Yeah, so. th- this was probably. I mean, they had them. They had different, but it still, it was just like, <gasps> I have to eat here. Oh, no, there was all kinds of things. Uh, mostly the shape of the tables was like, this is not conducive to proper conversation. And it was like, we don't have round tables. I don't know what to tell you. We're not changing the goddamn you think this is Camelot? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it was uh, like, anyway, that's besides. The things I heard this particular person say could be their own douche canoe podcast, but I digress. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I will say, just from looking at the, uh, the, opening salvo here at the police academy they've changed their standards a little bit yeah it's no longer just tackleberries and neo-nazis no it's anybody can Mm -hmm. be a police officer now anyone can be here they just train for three to six months apparently yeah Uh, 14 weeks 14 weeks (laughs) and then they say 25 or something later and i was like wait well all right let's let's just uh bow our heads delightfully to george gainer and his amazing uh commandant lassard because oh. he's also uh henry warnemont in punky brewster and yeah, i'm pretty sure it's just the same guy because he just so he's so ditzy and the fish thing is like a running gag which is really funny but wow it's so weird when you see like people playing like wholesome characters playing not so wholesome characters too though Lassard's still pretty wholesome. Yeah, he's pretty wholesome. I'm sure he he's gets kind blown, of a dumb dumb. You know. And then he's well, confused about his own fault. sexuality later, which I mean, who wouldn't be? <laughs> I mean, I've stood in front of a lot of podiums in my day as a trainer. <laughs> Never had that happen. Hey, Liz, refresh my memory. Is it Operation Miami Beach when Jonesy gets locked in the refrigerator? <laughs> <laughs> it was a very special Operation Miami Beach, yes. <laughs> Is that the episode everybody remembers? Because it was the most important. Oh, I we're gonna have to do a whole episode on Punky Brewster because I have things to say. I've been watching the original show after I watched the reboot, and the reboot is delightful and everything you want it to be. And then I went back and was watching the original, which I loved growing up, and I'm like, holy shit, why don't they get this kid some fucking trauma therapy? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I remember uh, the episode Punky in Peril, where I believe there was a giant fake spider with like one of the uh i I don't know strobe lights or whatever behind it i don't know it's it's been a while guys i don't remember that one there's one where she's on a haunted island for sure with all of her weird little friends and there's all sorts (laughs) of but but it's like every episode i'm just like this okay if anybody ever wants to know why generation x is so much smaller than the ones before and after it 
It's because they just left us alone to do whatever the fuck we were going to do. And 90% of us ended up on like milk cartons or dead. That's, yeah. that's why that's <laughs> we're, we're trying these um, weird contraption to increase our boobs. Size. Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember that one too. Yep. I bought that thing. God. <sighs> totally worked. It totally worked, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a confession. I've actually never, ever seen an episode of Punky Brewster. Oh, oh, oh please you go watch it and then come on. I did not, obviously. Aside come on the show. Necessary for your development. It you must improve your bust. Come on, you got to go watch this show. I was busy show. watching uh, Friday the Thirteenth the series. Mm. Nobody. How did you survive all of the refrigerators that were just laying about willy nilly? Yeah, Babe, I mean, I, I, from from watching Friday the Thirteenth the series and watching Mickey and her cousin uh, try and capture cursed objects and get them to an old man to hide in a vault. I knew to stay away from that fridge because it was probably cursed. Okay, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> but no, seriously, watch it, and I will bring you on because I'm either going to do it on this show or I'm going to start like a twenty thousand part TikTok series about why Punky should have been dead in episode two. Yeah. Oh my God, Steve! It, it, it's streaming on Peacock episode by and... episode. Uh-huh. Our new backup podcast. Yes, <laughs> Potty we, Brewster. Potty Brewster. Yeah, man. we got we got all that room on megaphone now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Welcome, Age of Radio. We are glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> and a new podcast. <laughs> We'll just do one for every show. It'll be fine. It'll be great. Anyway, so uh, the reason that Mahoney, who does not seem to be inclined to go to the police academy, is there is because, one, his boss had him arrested for the car stunt, which, I'm sorry, that's an HR issue, not a legal issue. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's also a legal issue. <laughs> yeah, well, eh. property damage, you know. Nah. But again, he asked for it and I'm okay with it. But this is basically his punishment is you have to go to the police academy so you'll have better respect yeah. for police officers. Yeah, because I guess his dad was a cop and like his dad's friend like kind of bails him out that way. And I'm like, or just, you know, a couple couple weeks in uh, Oz or whatever. We'll probably set him straight. Yeah. Or... I know, but I'm telling you, he gets away with so much bullshit. Like, I'm sorry. He's the Only- good baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I'm that's white privilege right there. He would have been arrested several times over. It sounds like from his rap sheet, and he would have been in jail. He never got that job to start with, or shot. Yeah, you know. <sighs> yes, but yeah. So he goes, and of course he has his uh, uniform tailored, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we get a first row seat to the gun show because oh what? my god, those short shorts, the short little jean shorts. He's straight out of Don't Stop the Music on this one. Mm-hmm. But I mean, oh, like he had oven shirt guns out. And I was like, why did I not realize in the 80s? Like, I didn't realize until like Zeus and Roxanne 90s goot that I was like, he is pretty like, he's pretty ripped. That was not what I thought of as his role in these movies back from when I was a kid. But looking at those, like, look at those arms. Damn. Yeah. He's the only one who's built in that entire police academy. <laughs> Uh, High Tower, uh, yeah. Well, by the way, High Tower is, it, but High Tower's short line is at everyone else's waistline in this movie, and it brings me so much joy. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I think he grew. He uh, went to the same high school my dad went to. Strangely enough, so oh wow, that dude. Is I love him awesome. though. I love him. I love. He's like, he's like, I got tired of my previous career. What was your previous career? Florist. You know, with flowers and shit. 
I want to go to that florist, which I think was just called Blooms. I think that's the name of his floral shop. But I was like, yeah. I want to go there. <laughs> see, we'll have you become Bubba a florist. Smith. Yes. Do it. I, do it. I could see him getting bored there because clearly something drew him to be a police officer. Like, so he needs a little action. And being a florist doesn't give him that excitement. Yeah. The funny thing is that he's got this like Zsa little flower shop in the middle of the hood. Like, well, who's going to fuck gangs? And it's like, who's buying flowers in this gang invested neighborhood? It makes money. I don't know. And it's like a weird. Well, you got to be funeral money. I yeah, say there's a lot of gang related shootings, you know. Yeah. Location, yeah. location, location. I'm location. assuming a fair amount of uh, shotgun weddings. Oh, yeah. Of course, it was a like a very large population of white gang members in this movie, too. I Lots. do really love that all the gang members, like all the close-ups are white guys. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Oh, and and I, the big I, bad comes back at the, or not, he's not even a big bad. It's like the guy at the end is like, comes back two or three movies later. I'm like, that's the same guy yeah. that was in the first movie. You know, I, he's friends I, with the director or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you though, I really loved the outfits in the whole. Oh yeah. Because, oh, it, yeah. because I know it was 84, but this shit was straight out of like late seventies, the outfits. So I don't oh, know right. if they just didn't get updated wardrobe or what was happening. Or they were like, Hey, you know, like gang members get older clothes, but they're on a budget. It was, it was a awesome. costume designer had fun with it. That's all we, that's all we're, we're just going to leave it there. I just had so much fun watching these outfits. I'm like, I just love all of this. You, you've got to go forward to Police Academy 2 and watch uh, Bobcat as Zed, the leader of the gang, who is in the best punk clothes you've ever seen in your life. Like, yes, I've never seen so much spiky hair and spike oh, collars and, and tie-dyed shirts. And just anarchy. Delightful. White people anarchy. Oh, Bob Cagliathwaite yeah. does not get the credit he's due for being as funny as he is in so many things. Yeah. He does not. Yeah. But there's still so, time. Yeah. He's directing great movies. Check it out, everybody. Yeah. Bob Cagliathwaite. I'm sorry, Bob Goldthwaite is the director. Robert Goldthwaite. <laughs> Robert Bartholomew <laughs> Goldthwaite. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the punk... Uh, so what year was... 90, uh, the second one came out in the mid-80s? Then? Oh, it was like, it was like the next year. Yeah, yeah they all seven of them came out between yeah 84 and like 92 or something i think was the last one yeah but yeah punk gang members from oh i mean from 60s through so i mean you could have punks and you could have punks current day right but now they'd be nazis but you know what i mean yeah these aren't nazis they're just crazy yeah and they're not like doing much of it like bob cat just literally goes around screaming at people yeah that's- they're like here's my wallet <laughs> Yeah, there's a-holes. They're not like uh, the Night Stalkers crew from Cobra or anything. They're just uh, <laughs> going around in public dis- just uh, disturbing the peace. wildly inconvenient to most people around them. So. Yeah. Um, okay. But anyway, back to this movie. Uh, Hooks, I- I'm just going to say it. Hooks is one of my favorite all-time characters out of any of these movies. because She is just delightful. She's so small and tiny boys. At- but when she gets her balls, it's amazing. She just... <laughs> screaming at people it's fantastic i really liked her uh, character and she's one of the ones that i remembered on top of um um obviously forgot his name again larvel <laughs> jones his name is jones <laughs> jones like i remember her too at her little quiet voice uh but she was a bunch of them right yeah she i think she was in all of them but you know yeah. r.i.p marion uh, ramsey because she passed away earlier this year so yeah. 
But yeah, so I love this. I love Callahan. I, I do. I was She's still. I say we need a shout out for Callahan. She was always the best. Her and Hooks were my two favorite because you know, I mean, they're they're two lovely ladies. But like Callahan, I love her character. She almost doesn't even realize she's a woman, and oh, I yeah. just love it. It's great. <laughs> it's great. And then we've got uh, what's his name, George Martin, who is just George Martin, but he's seducing all the ladies because you. Oh, with the <laughs> accent, yes. Yeah, the one, you know, he's dressing like a like a lady coming out of the shower to sneak into the women's dorms and, you know, have sex with everyone. I was like, wow, Dang, low standards back in the day. I didn't know that. Um, I just thought he just enjoyed, like, the. I guess I missed that part that it was just to have sex with the ladies. I thought he just, like, liked the. Um, uh, no, it was, it was, he, they would show, you know, they do the pan and scan past the different windows and, you know, yeah. Callahan's in there doing curls, bicep curls and looking at her boobs or whatever and then they go by him and he's bagging three ladies in the dormitory and that's when they scan over to Mahoney who is standing outside on the first level in front of giant open windows in the basement level in the lady shower like who designed this clearly a dude look curtains are expensive (laughs) I know Especially like we can't shower. have air conditioning or ventilation. We just gonna have this. I mean, and it's an ex- It's an egress right here. It's an emergency egress. I would just yeah. And look, yeah, you can't we, be trapped in the we, shower room, buck naked. We can tell yeah. from all the ladies. It's already chilly enough in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true. So anyway, Kim Cattrall's in this movie. Everybody, yeah, yeah, she is. As the rich girl, uh, Hoffman. What? They didn't really have a very convincing argument why, A, she qualified uh, for the police academy when she didn't previously because she didn't seem terribly old. Um, And B, why she wanted to be in it other than she just wanted to be... Annoy her mother. She wanted to annoy her mother. Yeah, That's what you do when you're rich in the 80s to annoy your parents is you go find blue collar work and then rub it in their nose. Yeah. That's that's, right. that's that's kind of the premise of literally every movie made in the eighties. So. A weird, weird thing. But it's like suck it, yuppies. I mean, I mean, it that, I mean to... that was her story in Mannequin too. She were, uh, wanted to piss off her mom, the queen, and so she got cursed, uh, became a mannequin, and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, fell in love well, with I mean, Andrew McCartney. I know she doing got a mannequin work. job. Do you, that's no place for royalty. <laughs> that's the only reason you would do a retail job <laughs> to become mm. Kim Cattrall. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you could go to work and just sleep while you were mannequined all day, it wouldn't be terrible. But like her character arc was like two different people. You Mm -hmm. know, the person that she was talking to her mom was a completely different person than she was in Police Academy. So maybe that was who she was the whole time. And she was just a completely different lady. Heather, are you like you are on the podcast with your parents? (laughs) I am. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm going to be on a fan panel at Fan X, and hopefully, I don't drop an f bomb like I did on. <laughs> I was just glad it wasn't me. I knew it would be me, and it wasn't me. But they had us on the floor with speakers, and I dropped an f bomb. So that was, it was great. Yeah, it was like children milling about. It was a delight. Yeah. They were like, "This is a good idea. Let's put the nerdy bitches on, <laughs> and let's get speakers and just." Put them out every every year every year they're like we should mic y'all and put you in a giant speaker in the middle of the busiest place like, it's yeah, okay they're not gonna swear i mean they are the nerdy bitches oh they make us uh crop out our name in the stupid program yeah oh, like yeah that'll help or something? <laughs> we're nerdy the stars nerdy stars yeah, yeah so we, butches. Go, yeah, so we go up there and then our, here's our 
all of our stuff. It has our name full on on it. We're like, we're the nerdy keys. In case I said, bi- I said bitches. I did drop the bitch bomb because I was like, this is our name. How would people find us? Otherwise, they're not going to find us if they're trying to put asterisks in. So here's the thing: you just got to change your logo to a dog with glasses. Then it's not we a bad word. That. <laughs> we do have that logo. Yeah, you should, you know, you're close to the beach. Just go buy nerdy beaches. And I'm like, you know what? That could work. <laughs> eh. Except for I don't know, not by the beach. It's part of my oppositional defiance disorder. I'm like, no, no. Yeah, she's she's the real Mahoney of the group. That's right. By the way, we're gonna have to hit you guys up on tips on how to get a panel at Comic Cons because Steve and I have been trying, and ain't nobody want know everything I learned from movies. They're like, nope, that title is too long to put in our uh, in our flyers. (laughs) Oh, it's not with you. You do a name, and then with everything I learned from movies. Mm -hmm. There you go. Tip number one. No, just nobody. Nobody wants their panel on apes and cinema. Say, nobody wants to just, talk about eight movies, Steve. Bullshit. Just, just be cooler than ninety percent of the other people in the program. It's fine. Well, that's done, baby. <laughs> I'm sorry. It says here you're planning on taking shots at the panel. Um, I don't uh-huh. think that's going to be allowed on the convention. Oh no, no, no. emotional yes, shots. At the yeah, crowd. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be real, <laughs> really rickling them. You know, it's totally allowed according to our post that I just put up. That I was like, wow, I should not be drinking at 10:30 in the morning. Probably <laughs> <laughs> not a great idea. But it was not a good idea. But... but we don't like to do them on the floor anyway. They just, just yeah. No, panels are panels are way better. So shockingly enough, in this cadet class at the police academy, there's a couple of bullies, and uh, and they they might have some preconceived notions about uh, people of color and maybe women. Um, yeah, that's. Mm. <laughs> Look, ninety percent of the cops that I... I've met are basically Tackleberries, Blanks, and Copelands. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everyone I I've been pulled the... over by is. <laughs> Yeah, I worked at the police department. Yeah, I worked at the police department for over a year doing training and development for them and uh, personal coaching for those who were, I don't know, pulling people's weaves off on the light rail for skipping the dollar fare. They're like, maybe you could teach him not to do that. I'm like, how to not be a racist? Um, I can probably just tell him. I, I can just tell him how to like, I don't know, maybe not get fired by curbing his behavior some but i don't think i can change who this is as a person so you can curb your behavior by not curbing a suspect that's yeah yeah Uh, i was like just come sit in my office for eight hours uh and we'll just talk you have a canine dog so at least there's a dog in my office like by by the way liz i'm totally picturing you as callahan during these training sessions (laughs) if only so how is it, how exciting is it that the passive aggressive way that they get back at these bully cops is by constantly sending them to the blue oyster bar? <laughs> this is like how do you find the burliest gay men in the world and they all go to the exact same blue oyster gay bar? Oh yeah, village they're... people tryouts. You just follow the neon there, Heather. Mm-hmm. I, I know growing up in Utah, you weren't completely submerged in this environment. <laughs> Believe me, I know. As someone who went from Utah to San Francisco. But uh, yeah, just growing follow up, the neon. <laughs> yeah, growing up in Houston, where we do have 
possibly the largest number of like strip clubs per capita on a single freeway in the country. Uh, We also had a blue oyster bar. It is confirmed, by the way. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. We actually had a blue oyster bar that we used to drive up. We used to see every time we would drive up and down the, you know, the freeway going into town or whatever when I was a kid. And uh, every time I passed it, every single time, it probably was an actual oyster bar because it's, you know, it's Houston. (laughs) That's not what I thought because even their sign was fucking blue. So I was like, yes, like I just, as a little kid, that was my head cannon. And I just wanted to send people there when they, when they ticked me off. So So, so wait, you you don't know whether or not it was a leather bar or some sort of discount like seafood 12. bar or I, something don't, yeah don't know and and in houston again it may not be a far cry between the two so it can be most both. of our oyster bars are also biker bars look so. you shoot a couple of those aphrodisiacs one thing leads to another Woo! it's like that um Ch- a chinese food buffet that i always thought was a strip club and I'm like, <laughs> wait wait what is why why is anybody going to the strip club at lunch and like that's a chinese food it's buffet, a chinese buffet. <laughs> Why is was it the China Star? Is yeah, that the one? Like the logo yeah. is very successful. <laughs> Wontons and tatas, am I right? It's literally a star. Like the star no, but if, rattling. So it's it's just suggestive, is all I'm saying. So two like two exits uh down the freeway from where I live now, there is a titty bar there that used to be it used to have this giant, gigantic neon heart because the the place is called heartbreakers right it's it's classy super classy giant neon heart and some motherfucking church bought the billboard behind the giant heart that says jesus heals the brokenhearted it's my favorite thing ever (laughs) (laughs) because they also somehow won a lawsuit that made them take the giant heart part off now they're just a banner that says heartbreakers and then this big that that sign the billboard has been there at least 25 years like it's still there today (laughs) it is still there today well that's what happens when you live in a good old notch in that bible belt it's classy here super classy yeah oh i kind of want to go to the blue oyster bar though because it kind of looks like a good time yeah you're gonna do a little reconnaissance for us and let us know yeah I'm just saying that those guys would give Hightower like a run for his money with how built they were, right? And I'm- oh, she didn't see that the movies that come later where he does yeah. go in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like a foot taller than all of them, and they're oh. like, "Hi, Daddy." So, but but I was like, that was just a lot of built man in one room, uh-huh. and I was like, that is really um, that's a big sampling of a gay men in one group. Mm-hmm. You know, I just was- think that it was a very indicative of a normal gay bar. I well, it was the '80s, so who who knows what, what the gay bar scene gay was like. like? Or is it just a specialty gay bar that blue oysters were referred to? I just find it interesting that the only way you can get into said club is through an unmarked door in an alley. Always, there's no front door. There's no sign it's over. It's like it. a speakeasy. It only. Yeah, it's like only op- the sign only comes on when some unwitting straight man has been locked inside because the door doesn't open from the inside either. So well, see, it, it, it's like a speakeasy or the entrance to Hogwarts. You have to believe that it's there. <laughs> it's uh, the by the way, I've looked it up. It's in Spring, Texas, right? Uh-uh. This one's closer to where I live, but oh. there's probably multiple. So Spring. Uh... Look, it's the Blue, Blue Oyster Bear Bar. Bears only. Okay. Links go elsewhere. The pink oyster bar? This is where Commander Riker goes. Twinks hang with the pinks. Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Do the Riker maneuver. Yeah. Such a space whore. Oh, we have watched all of uh, Next Generation, DS9, uh, Voyager. Voyager, and we're almost done with Enterprise. And having a horror board is is a Starfleet-like uh, requirement. Yeah. Well, but at least Riker never got pregnant like some of the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> that you know of. Trip he could have had his Starfleet records expunged. Right? Well, uh, I bet I bet he was in the sick bay a lot. <laughs> I mean, Tasha Yar did make a pretty quick exit there. Oh no! Oh, Tasha Yar got eaten by Tar. <laughs> what was it? Uh, Voyager, um, Janeway, and uh, one of the ensigns or something, didn't they? Yeah. Like Janeway and Paris. Paris, the other yeah. man horror. Yeah, they became like reptiles, and they had some kind of reptile in. Offspring. They repopulated an entire planet. Yeah. Nice. I want this to come back in Picard. <laughs> Do you get to retire at that point if you populate an entire planet? You're like, my work is done and now I just get paid for life. Yeah. I mean, we find out from one of the like time loop episodes she's an admiral at one point. So maybe mm-hmm. that's how you become admiral. Of course it is. She's like, why don't you ask the Gamma Quadrant about me? <laughs> is, is that why Picard turned down his admiralship because he hadn't had a chance to repopulate an entire planet? He's like, I've awesome. got. He's, he is very old. So, <laughs> okay, all right. So, I, I love old. that. Uh, yeah, I love that. The through the entirety of this movie, that our delightful Steve Gutenberg has done really nothing significant. He's really just about creating minor annoyances over and over again. But my favorite thing is the hooker. <laughs> oh my god! You know, wait, we have not actually mentioned um, the two issues. One is that, like, the mayor has said, "Hey, you can't actually kick anybody out of the police academy," right. and um, uh, Mahoney has been told, "Hey, you can't actually quit." Yeah, you can get kicked out, but you can't quit. And I love he goes to uh, Commandant Lazard, and he's like, "I don't want to be here." He's like, "Quit." He's like, "I can't quit." He's like, "Sure, you can." Many fine people have quit many, many things. You can totally yeah. quit. He's like, you should check my file. He's the ghost. Oh, you can't quit. I was like, wait. Oh, you're Mahoney. What? Oh, okay. Yeah, you can't quit. Never mind. So yeah, he uh how can how does the hooker get involved? I can't okay, I know okay. he hires so, the So yeah, they they have the uh shore leave weekend or whatever where the party, blah blah blah. Harris mm-hmm. puts blanks and Copeland to two of his Nazi cadets uh, basically like find out, Hey, find out where this party is and keep an eye on them. And I don't know, cock block them or something. Uh, anyway, they that's have the when party. They end up they the blue that's how yeah. they end up with the blue oyster cult or blue oyster bar or whatever. <laughs> blue oyster club. That's it. And yep. then, so to retaliate against uh, shit, the fat guy. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Barbara, Barbara. Yeah. Uh, basically they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to have a hooker pop up in your room during inspection. And so that's yeah, right. he's, he goes there the hooker's there and then he's like mahoney i need your help getting rid of a hooker <laughs> he's, like, he's like okay i had a nickel every time yeah could, could they not have found like a slightly cuter hooker for barbara because that was just a little like i mean that guy's had a hard well, enough life as it's it blanks and copeland and they're on short notice oh my gosh we have to get a hooker by 8 p.m where uh, will i find well, one? the theme is the story to vamp <laughs> oh ladies ladies have you ladies seen vamp I have not. No, I just thought you meant like prepping the crowd. 
Oh, oh, ladies. If you want to see Grace Jones as a stripping vampire, and you do. Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, it's kind fact. of almost like Police Academy-esque characters. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Yeah, it's got a... Um, shit, Robert Rustler. Uh, you might know him as uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s friend from Weird Science. And uh, mm-hmm. the guy from... Uh, uh, oh my god, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. The... Uh, speaking of leather bars oh my god that movie <laughs> the movie is a leather bar <laughs> but uh yeah he he stars in it yeah grace jones is in it uh dd pfeiffer michelle pfeiffer's sister she's in it yeah check it out guys it's it's a good one okay. i'll have to check that out sounds like top-notch people <laughs> it's actually like a really spectacular movie it's a comedy i had no idea it was gonna be a comedy going <laughs> no, I, didn't I was expecting something like the hunger yeah <laughs> It is not the hunger. Yeah, Vampire Hooker doesn't scream drama. So, so uh, when I was we were watching, the, I was watching the show with my husband, and um, he was uh, saying, "You know, this movie's kind of terrible." And I was like, "You know what? It's not like I watch uh, Citizen Kane to review with Stephen Izzy." <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I did watch First Night with Stephen Izzy. That was Yay! an experience. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Guys, our August is awesome. Oh, King Arthur August. <laughs> Ooh, oh boy, this is September, so it'll be our Snow White movies in September. Oh, oh my Ooh. gosh. Specifically, Steve. What specific Snow White movies? Uh, Well, four of them that came out in 2012. <laughs> There's that wow. Mirror Mirror, Snow White and the Huntsman, the Spanish one, which is yes. black and white and involves little people. Yeah. And, oh, uh, oh. Matador, little people little who people, are yeah. matadors. Little matadors. <laughs> matadors petite. No. And it's um, a silage movie. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch Little Matadors. Yep. Like and then, as uh, a movie concept. It's, <laughs> totally watch and, and then it's one like from Carmen. the director of uh, a talking cat. So Right. It's like Carmen, but with little people matadors. And little people cigarette workers i'm in i'm in so they're not matadors but i do recommend terror of tiny town if you enjoy little cowboys (laughs) (laughs) i just did city slickers with 30s or 40s yeah yeah and don't tell me you didn't love every minute of it yep and then luckily it's only like 45 (laughs) minutes long so wow have you ever heard somebody refer now this i'm going kind of off topic but this is how i like react to steven Izzy's steven izzy's description of movies is like if somebody's telling you about a new food fusion and you cannot picture it and you're like huh mm-hmm. interesting <laughs> i picture that but it sounds very intriguing so it's chinese food but also a foam it doesn't sound like something i would like hear but... me out hear me out steve it's whipped yeah, I fish just... <laughs> But like something would pop up on Bake Off. Oh, God. (laughs) Here's your fish pie. Mm. (laughs) Prue's like, I don't want to put that in my mouth. (laughs) Oh, well, all right then. (laughs) Yeah, I did did an episode of Boobies and Newbies with Kelly. And uh, she she had me read this book. And she's like, what's the thing that drives you crazy about these different romance novels and whatever? And I was like, The problem that I have is when the author tries to get a little bit too descriptive on where people's hands and arms, like where things, and I'm like, like it takes me out of any of it because I'm like, but if his hands are up by her ears, what is like, it's just like the logistical twister of what's happening. He ran one hand decollete and the other in a clockwise motion around her superior rectus muscle. And the third one is holding his body up. I'm like, wait, how many arms do you have? You fucking octopus. Like, Did I mention he was a mutant? (laughs) 
like things that take you out of what the huh like yeah. <laughs> okay so after okay so we get back to this hooker right so they, they stick this hooker in barbara's closet and this poor guy i love him and he never shows up again as far as i know but uh so you know he takes the the lady out and they're like running through the auditorium as you do when you're trying to sashay a hooker away i guess and he's like, oh my gosh, the only place we could possibly hide is in this podium in a room that is lit and set for humans to come in and uh, <laughs> give a slideshow. And then he has to hide in the podium with her as well, because, you know, timing and it's inspection and he should be there. And so then we get poor Commandant Lassard coming up to give us some sort of, I don't know, what the hell were these people even there for? I don't remember. They didn't really say unimportant so it's got a, a group of people coming to learn about the police academy in some sort of fashion and so he stands in front of the podium and she just you just hear the unzip and he's like whoa but then he continue, continues to try to give this slideshow powerpoint thing and he's just getting sucked off the whole time the look on his face is just adorable because you know he has like no idea what's happening half of the time so <laughs> It was uh, it was police academy open house night. All the parents came mm. to see how their kids were doing. <laughs> they put all the crafts up on the walls. You mm-hmm. know, the teacher got a blowjob, or the principal got a blowjob. You know, the usual, as you do. But I love as he's walking away because, of course, she at least kindly zips him back up. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just considerate. She's and a good professional. Business. Yeah. And so he's walking away, and he go like he just turns around. And as he turns around, Mahoney is creeping out from behind the podium, like under the podium. So of course now he naturally thinks that that's, you know, he's like, I just love the little wave there. It's great. Yeah. I like that. Uh, he's just like, huh? Well, st- something in my mindset changed now, just now. <laughs> right. I have, I have so many questions about myself today. Yep. So, but, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say weirdly about this scene, like, I was, I, it'd been a while since I'd seen it. And I was like, oh no, are they going to go crazy homophobic? Especially for the time period. I think they actually handled this pretty well. He's not anti-gay man. He's just grappling with, is he gay? Right. Yeah. Or it's like, why did I enjoy that? Because it's still a blowjob, sir, regardless of who you think gave <laughs> it to you. Like, yeah. I mean, at some point it's like, does that make me gay or does that make him gay? I'm not sure. <laughs> After all, it was my dick that got sucked. Uh, by the way, ladies, I have a new idea for your next panel at FanX. Hear me out. Okay. One of you hides in a podium. Oh, no. <laughs> this will over well with the FanX folks. Well, wait, wait. Who's on the other side of the podium? Because is it Jason Momoa or? No, no, no. The, 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 one of you's in the podium. The other one's giving a speech and awkwardly going, many, many wonders. People here, <laughs> and then halfway through, like, the other one comes out of the podium, and oh anyone God. who's seen Police Academy will laugh hysterically. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, we could always just do that at the table. We don't need a podium. Maybe it's that's why it's got a tablecloth. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that or they're just too afraid of ape movies. That's right. Oh, do you think they think it's some sort of like weird racist thing? No, I, okay. no. I never know what these people. What do you mean these I people? know. Nerds! No. I don't know! That's why we're asking the professionals! We are the professional nerds. I wasn't smart enough to be a nerd, Steve. I don't understand the culture. I was busy trying to get C's. I'm just, I'm just trying to think if any of the nerds would get it. Maybe. Oh, there's a few out there that would. Yeah. 
I mean, they've seen Revenge of the Nerds, so they've seen Pushkin. Have they, Steve? Because when you wear your Revenge of the Nerds shirt, everybody <laughs> thinks you went to a high, uh, reformatory uh, high school in New Orleans. Apparently, when I was wearing that around New Orleans, people were very surprised that a tall white guy was talking about going to Adams High in New Orleans, oh, where Lord. I'm guessing it's about 112% African American. <laughs> Literally, least. a guy grabbed his arm in the middle of the street, was like, you. You went to Adams? Because he's like, it's from Revenge of the Nerds. The guy's like, All right. it's a movie thing. Okay, because you did you did not go. Like he kept it like you did not go to Adams. <laughs> oh my god. But like like this 20-year-old guy like touched my husband and was like, bro, we need to talk. <laughs> oh my god. Well, all right. By the so- way, nobody even noticed I was wearing a Lambda 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 shirt. <laughs> That would go over a lot of heads in New Orleans. I'm just... It goes over a lot of heads at Comic-Cons, too. Nobody's (laughs) seen Revenge of the Nerds. (laughs) I have. (laughs) Many times. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so for whatever reason, they decide it's time after a minute and a half to let the cadets go out into the field and do some work. Um, Oh, and I don't... Also, you got to mention that Hightower got kicked out. Is it Hightower? Not yet. Not yet. He didn't get there yet. I got it on my notes. But we're almost there. So they put hooks out, like directing traffic with her tiny voice, because she oh. has the only thing she said that isn't tiny voiced yet is she called uh, Harris an asshole, I think, behind his back. Or maybe it was that was movie two. I don't know. They're all running together now. Uh, or something like that. <laughs> asshole. But yeah, so uh, she's out directing traffic, which, of course, means it's snarled for everywhere in miles. And Harris decides he doesn't want to deal with this anymore. So he commandeers somebody's motorcycle. And goes, or it's more like a dirt bike, but he goes like speeding through the streets, hits something and goes head first into a horse's ass, which is the best. Like, I would like to do that to like 60% of the bosses that I had back in the day. <laughs> Somebody call a veterinarian. <laughs> it was the best. And this, but this is when Hightower comes to him that night, I guess, uh, and says, I'm going to have to pass the driving test tomorrow. And they've said, if I don't pass it, I'm out. Like, well, that's funny because they always only put you on street patrol, but whatever. So he goes and he's like, okay, I'll help you. And they show up and they're like standing outside this car, which is like a Honda Civic hatchback from 1984, which my grandparents, by the way, owned three of. My grandfather was six foot three and like 350 pounds. Like he was a monster of a man. And he was driving this tiny Honda Civic hatchback, which is way smaller than the Honda Civics that they have today. It looked like a little beetle. So that's basically what this car is. But I noticed like as he's getting in this bright blue beetle, it's got a Confederate flag on the front license plate. And I was like, what the fuck? It it was uh, Copeland's car. Yeah. I know, but they don't show that until later. I know. I was still like, like, uh, well, I'm sorry, Mahoney driving a a car with the uh, stars and bars on it. I know. They they, they mentioned because they were like, uh, hey, uh, can you teach me to drive? Like, yeah, I just need a car. Oh, that's right. Copeland has a car. And then it like, oh, I must have missed that line. Yeah, yeah. I must have missed that line. Anyway, I was like, what the fuck? The Confederate flag? No point out. So he, he like, of course, Hightower is huge. So he can't fit in the car. So he like, Mahoney's like, let's just rip out the front seats and sit in the back. Ha ha ha. Which is exactly what happens. And he's like, I was kidding, but our, this is cool too. Like, you know, they literally had to drive this car from the back seat. And I was like, I could see that. <laughs> like, they took out. Even the back seats, though, like he took out four seats. I don't know. I don't think so. I thought it was no, just no, the he first just took two, out the two but... first two. Yeah. 
Well, so why the, did he bother taking out the passenger seat? What did that? No reasoning. Yeah, just, uh, just otherwise Mahoney's in his blind spot. It'd be a whole thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, problem. It was just like, and then just leave him there. No big deal. Just throw him on the sidewalk. Nobody's. Eh. Yeah. But okay. then they start to, you know, he starts the driving lessons, and he he runs into somebody almost immediately, and the guy, of course, as you do, gets out and starts screaming at him, gonna get in his face, and then realizes that it's literally a monster driving from the back seat. He just like. <laughs> turns around and walks back to his car (laughs) nope not today jesus this did actually happen to me once with steve we were in it was when we were still living in san francisco and steve turned onto a road and a guy sped up and then was like screaming like you cut me off you asshole Uh and then followed us into the parking lot of a walgreens like parks right behind you know steve just gets into a regular spot like pulls his car up right behind us like he's gonna get out and start shit Steve steps out of the Jeep being six seven, six eight. The guy just backs out of the parking lot and keeps going. <laughs> yeah. The same thing happened to to my my first husband. He had some guy like road raging on him and all this other shit. And he's like, man, like gets out and pulls over in front of him or something. He just gets he was like six foot five, four hundred pounds. It just kind of folds himself out of the truck. They're like, uh, nope. <laughs> Like never has happened to me and Craig's. So it doesn't can- happen to me <laughs> no. literally ever. So I'd probably be the one on the screaming end. So yeah, I guess I can see Craig as the guy uh, following us. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so so he uh, after that happens, he just takes off through the town, through the city streets, driving like a maniac. <laughs> or you know. Yeah, he's he's laying around like it's the fucking Italian job or something. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, the best. I was like, I love that so much. And the cops are chasing him. And he's like, oh my God, you better pull over. He's like, hell no, this is fun. He's just like, like just speeding through town. I mean, what? And, uh, I can outrun a cop car. No, that thing wouldn't outrun a bike. Not with but, that uh, inside of it. Not with that guy in it. But yeah. So then they, you know, then of course they cut to the driving course at the academy and he's speeding through he would not have passed that test by the way but he's still just you know speeding through doing all the things pulls up and it's fine and then next up is hooks poor hooks and she is literally like singing a christmas song to herself as she's very like exactly she's just tooling around the course at three miles an hour the slowest thing you've ever seen but when she pulls back up to the curb she runs over, was it Copeland? She runs over Copeland's yeah. foot. To which he decides to scream. Um, yeah. What What the fuck was that? And they put it that on. was like they literally didn't. every slur you could think of for a single human, I'm that, pretty sure. That was a 19th century uh, racial epithet he was throwing out there. And it's like, it was. Whoa, I was like, that's like that plantation one. talk, sir. That is plantation talk. That, that's when you heard it at home. <laughs> and it was it was oof. yeah i was like you didn't learn that one at school sir uh, but yeah. can i just say people have had their toes run over by a car it's nothing like yeah it's well, like, he's a pussy so you yeah. know what are you gonna do i mean it's like the, the distribution of weight is nothing mm-hmm. from a car like it's right. not like hits you with the metal of the car yeah. there's tons of air in those tires it's nothing it's fine we can still break but your, he decides still to, break your foot yeah, yeah. Well, I could, but, but is it is it really you know i don't know so of course uh screaming these uh see fat you know like uh, racial all these little things at her and then we see mr hightower and he's not should- impressed he is not impressed 
And, you know, here's the, I really think there should have been a romance between Hightower and Hooks at some point because they'd be yes. adorable, especially because she's four and a half feet tall and he's like 37 feet tall. It's just adorable. That's anyway. usually how it works out. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, like I said, well, you're not that short. Well, my, my ex is six foot five. I'm five foot two and change. So I get it. Yeah, but anyways, it'd be adorable. So, of course, he comes down from the, the watchtower here and Hooks is like, Hightower, it's okay. Don't do it. It's not okay. And he deserves what he gets. He's in the car because it's his turn. He was like, going to drive? Like, really? He's crying about his foot. Now he's in the car hiding, yeah. I think. And so Hightower comes and literally just flips the fucking car. And it was awesome. Yes. To which they immediately kick him out of the police academy. But I think it would be worth it at that point, don't you? Like, yep. that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. totes. I would love to say that I quit a job by just stuffing somebody in a car and flipping it. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I flipped a car and then I shit on him. And that got me kicked out of the police academy. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's, wow. a, that's a story to tell right there. Steve, do you want to reveal your uh, exit strategy if you were still working in the office, if they were decided to let you go? Oh, no. I might, I might need to use it at some point. <laughs> you might need to keep hold of that one. If he talks about it now, it could be, quote, premeditated. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea what you're talking about, babe. <laughs> prank caller, prank caller. All right, so, we're good. Some, somebody might take his idea. Allegedly. There we go. Right. Um, someone, someone the other day was talking about resting bitch face or I don't know, something. It was like, listen, first of all, this is just what my face looks like. And second of all, how else am I supposed to warn you of your impending death? Because if I just tell you, then they can call it premeditated. Come on. I don't have one of them tails with a rattle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, so really anyway, to fried green tomatoes. That was going to kill you. I'd use my hands. <laughs> he does have a nice um, backup job, though. It's just kind yes. of boring. So he's got Bloom's, the floral job in the worst part of the city, apparently. It looks like a lovely shop. I would go in there totally. Uh, but yeah, so now we've got, we haven't even talked about this guy. I can't even remember his name, the clumsy guy. Right. Oh, so he's Hulk, always Hulk knocking people. Like yeah. yeah. Something. He's knocking okay. people around. He knocks his wife out with the car door at the opening of the thing. And she rides the police academy on the hood. Like they're just, they're just like physical comedy embodied. Right. So yeah. he's on patrol in the city and does something. I don't even remember what. And he just like, or he throws an apple out the window or something. And it hits a guy who thinks it was this other guy who is also eating an apple and literally just starts a riot. Oh, it's the the two guys um, are coming down the street with like a sack of apples. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> Wandering with a sack of apples. So. Yeah, then it spills into they a were... pool hall, so they all fight, yeah. and they go out in the streets and cause other fights. Yeah, it's a nice little chain reaction. Yeah, that's that's what causes riots. Here's, here's my question, though. How shitty is your police force in general if what you call out to the riots is a bus full of cadets? Okay. To be fair, <laughs> yep. they sent the real police in to, you know, break up the riot. Basically, they were using the recruits to, like, direct traffic around the riot or whatever. Yeah, the they were said. supposed to be the other side of town, yeah. keeping the nice white people calm. But, uh, you know, incompetence and whatever, they get right in the heart of it. And I know, never forget she... the street. <laughs> that's right. Oh. That's right. It was Lassard that fucked up, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Always. Apparently, the riot scenes were filmed at the Kensington Market in Toronto. So that sounds like a fun little market. Yeah. <laughs> I love markets. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, so we just, now we have all hell breaking loose and they see these cadets and now they're being chased down by rioters, as you do. And yeah, and then they get trapped in an alleyway. Kim Cattrall gets like trapped and there's that crazy weird white guy that shows up in like three other police academy movies as a bad guy after this. So clearly they must've just sent him to the police academy, I guess. I don't know. So, but my question is, how many shots does this guy's revolver have? Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is Harris like shooting. pouring bullets back into it? Yeah. That's the only explanation. He just, just keeps you. I was like one, two, 12, think... 18. What? Well, then they showed that he had three or four revolvers, but still there was a lot of shots fired and no time for any of this. So of course, Mahoney who has been kicked out, I forget what he finally did that got him kicked out. Uh, what did he do that finally got him kicked was out? Was it the thing with the megaphone? No. No, no, no. He, was doing, he actually was movie. doing something nice. Oh, that's right. He was covering for Barbara because that's right. After the Blue Oyster Club thing, there was the the, the fight in the, the mess hall or whatever. And oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, he finally gets kicked out, but he hears that there's a riot and he sneaks on the bus in riot gear because nobody's going to notice it's him yeah, under riot, a helmet. Kind of weak. It was like, you know, just like a onesie and a helmet. Like there was no shield or anything. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they're cadets, cover up those cares. guns, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> they're so good. Oh, my God, they're so good. Anyway, so he decides he's going to he's gonna somehow sneak around the building and climb up there because he's, like, the worst and has never paid attention to anything. So, you know, you should be the hero. Go do this. Because he's got uh, – is it Harris that he's – yeah, he's got Harris. Right, yeah. Um, and so he gets up on the roof, and now Harris has got both of them. But I guess Hightower has seen the uh, the riot from his – flower shop and is out roaming with the rioters as you do when you're insanely tall and uh so he sneaks up there and i love this because they're like he's like what what should i do who should i shoot should i shoot this guy should i shoot this guy and he's like i think you should shoot this guy with harris and uh because you know he's the one that kicked him out and then he saves the day punches a guy through a door and down a stairwell which again i would also love to say i did just once and who's there to throw the cuffs on him oh um don't move dirtbag good old oh, that's that becomes her her theme so she says that in every movie after that but uh, <laughs> she's i love it when she does though because again that's a nice thing is like she finds her voice in that capacity but she's still the same soft-spoken person through most of the rest of it she just has these yeah. like one little moments of what was it uh until you push her too far sit your butt on the seat and listen hard or whatever it was from one of the future movies, the third movie, maybe. So. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I don't remember. So him. that was pretty much it. Then they graduate the police academy. He hooks up with Kim Cattrall, I guess. And she's never seen again. Well, she gets her, she goes off and becomes a lawyer and then defends immigrants in San Francisco until one of her clients gets kidnapped by wizards. But that's a different movie. <laughs> What movie is that? She ends up in the window. I always forget she actually had a character. I mean, I know she's there, but she's, she's just kind of kidnapped. She's the, through the, she's whole the immigration thing. lawyer for mm-hmm. the uh, no, no, for the first gal who gets off the plane oh, who almost gets right. snatched, and then Mao Yin gets snatched. And mm. uh, I forget why they go to Gracie. Oh, they go to Gracie because she's the only one with information on the White Dragons because she also is the only lawyer who's trying to stop the sex trade in San Francisco. Of immigrant Good for girls? her. 
I have clearly never seen the first 20 minutes of that movie. I think I've always caught it on like a Saturday <laughs> afternoon on Kate, like a, on primetime or like network it, TV. So it's so, got all the commercials and shit. So, so it starts for you when, uh, uh, Jack Burton shows up at the massage yes. parlor or whatever in his used car. One hundred percent. That's yeah. when it starts. Yep. Me too. Me too. Always. Like I've, I don't think I've literally ever seen the beginning of that movie. <laughs> I was like, it has a backstory. There were just human oh. trafficking. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's totally like an immigration, human trafficking, uh, gang war story, and then wizards get involved. <laughs> Guys, let's talk Big Trouble in Little China. All right. So we meet oh, Jack Burton. Yeah. He's riding a semi, the Porkchop Express, across which is the full freeway. of pigs. He's taking it to Chinatown. It his delivery. He's on his radio, eating sandwiches and giving life advice. Uh, good lord. <laughs> These movies are so terrible and awesome at the same time. It's like, I don't even, I can't even. They're spectacular. Don't even pretend. One thing, though, uh, to note is that uh, the director, whatever his name is, Wilson. Hugh Wilson. Hugh Wilson, who is known for WKRP in Cincinnati, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, And Blast from the Past is the one I remember. Oh, see, I'm a big WKRP in Cincinnati fan. Well, that guy is in Police Academy 2. And he's Lassard's brother, who is also named Lassard. Oh, that's so. right. Anyway, he did. Apparently, he tamed it down a bit. He took a lot of the crudeness out of it and a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the oh my. Of, He's like, guys, he, guys, 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 we got to pull this back. It's just, he's, one, he's like, like, literally, no, 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 you can't call them fire. that. It's the 80s. <laughs> but he, on, did say, he said, but he did say, even after the whole thing is, um, he said, uh, I no longer believe you have to show the female breast or make cruel ethnic do- jokes, not to mention the rampant sexism, and you don't have to reproduce the sounds that an overbed, uh, overfed body makes. So, uh, <laughs> if only he had learned that in 1983 and a half. Well, uh, apparently he really tried to get a lot of this crap out. He uh, so he took a lot of uh, he took a lot of stuff out, and he got a lot of pushback. See, he I'd was trying to, see to the make a, a more serious tone movie and call it Training Day. <laughs> Oh. Bad boys. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? <laughs> you like to get wet, Mahoney? What? <laughs> Ew. So he tried to make it greatly. Uh, I you know, and I don't know how much um if it would have lost some more in the straight lacedness. I don't know if we needed as much nudity. Uh but I don't that, mind. We didn't need any of the nudity. Like. Uh, I I you know fart jokes but the sexism ethnic jokes yeah i don't like those so i I think it would have been just as good either way so i don't know yeah they seem to have a lot fewer uh tricks in their bag back in the early 80s like it's much easier just to call somebody a fag or whatever and i'm like that's can we are we notice they didn't do that in the blue oyster bar because that would not have gone over well. Oh yeah, I remember that he's. They did say that right in one of mm-hmm. them. Yeah, they called at least at least twice. Oh, somebody. Yeah, I, I no, think I'm Mahoney fine. even dropped a hard F one, and it was like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I, was, I know it was. It's off putting. That's the thing. Like, okay, so the Goot. We love the Goot, and he has done some really good and fun and wholesome stuff, and and he's adorable, and he's singing in Three Minute Baby, and it's adorable. But then you go and you're like, ah, <laughs> oh, okay, no, I wasn't. I, I'm sorry. I expected I, that from Copeland. <laughs> I, I don't think that the goot is hired for his like um, 
his independent thought and his ability to change the script. He's there to do what you tell him to do. So he's not going to be the guy that stands up to the director. I'm sorry. Probably not. It's like, fine, if you want me to watch naked girls drinking a Budweiser, I'm in. But uh, I mean, if that's what you guys want. He's he's not fucking Tom Hanks. He's not going to go up there and go, hey, I have ethical problems. Wait, wait, wait. Have you seen Bachelor Party? Like... (laughs) Wait, Not have you seen Hanks. Bachelor Party? <laughs> guys, hear current me day, out. Hanks, current day Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, I say, hear me out, guys. Police Academy reboot, Tom Hanks as Lassard. Mm. Honestly, yes. I would love to see a Police Academy reboot and we make the Goot Lassard. Let's let him do some like, slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. With a fish. A little Easter egg. For us, uh, hardcore but band. it's not a fish. It's not a fish because the fish is is too prosaic at this point. It's like a Shetland pony, right? Yes, that's yeah. yeah. Or like one of those so little now Holland a police cows? pony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Speaking of the fish, oh, is that your fish? No, it's a friend of mine. I'm watching it for him. Wait, watching what? it for a friend. It's in yeah. literally every episode. Yeah, it's like a throwaway line, but it's like wait. Tell me more. I know. It's like, uh, I know that I need more backstory on why you're watching a fish for a friend. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. That's the greatest. Those, those lines are great. I don't know. I enjoy them. (laughs) They are spectacular. (laughs) Yeah. He has a lot of really great lines. George Gaynor has a lot of great lines in this because he, and he plays the feeble thing so well. And I'm sorry, the golf cart rolling into the lake is still just going to be an ongoing (laughs) happy. Yes. For me. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that is Police Academy. <sighs> that was Police Academy. Oh, uh, uh, great uh, start to Gutember. Yeah. Uh, you know what I was actually realizing through most of this, though, is as much as I consider Police Academy like a Steve Gutenberg movie, it's such an ensemble cast that he's really not. I mean, you could take him out. <laughs> They wouldn't make. Yeah, a I, huge I, I would notice it. Like, I mean, really, Hightower makes this film. Mm-hmm. Um, Hooks, yeah. Hooks, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, Tackleberry, Tackleberry, yeah, Jones. I love. But... <laughs> Ladies, I think they uh, they knew this back in the late eighties, and that's why you got to uh, say Matt McConaughey in the last, uh... is the other Mahoney or not? Mahoney. Right, he's not in here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> He's too busy making classy picks like Three Men and a Baby. (laughs) Which we're going to watch, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to go, oh, that's not what I remember at all, because I haven't seen that one since like 1987 either. So, (laughs) Well, I mean, Liz, I'm going to spoil it for you. The premise of the movie is, all right, there's this lady who used to date three guys. (laughs) I know, I was like, did they live together before? Like, I can't remember now. It'll be a new adventure. A, it's a full house situation they're definitely a, not yeah. gay it's a real father's day situation uh-huh. so. <laughs> i don't remember much about it but i remember the ghost remember the 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 old wives not the old wives tell like they were like oh there's a ghost on the set yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. find it mm. look for the ghost and it was like um if that's a that's a cardboard cutout of ted Danson. <laughs> right but like if you look at it it's at a distance and it does look like a little boy it totally looks well, like a little ghost. Uh, ladies, high definition ruins everything in movies yeah, nowadays. But on VHS, <laughs> man, we were it's <laughs> like, oh my god, that is a ghost. That's a little ghost boy. Or a little ghost girl. <laughs> it, it was Ted Danson. <laughs> or a, b- b- baby ghost. Baby Aww. ghost. <laughs> oh, ladies, don't watch that movie. Don't let anybody talk you into watching that movie. Okay. 
but it has the star power of Joe Estevez. And up to you, babe, but don't watch Hachi. Uh, especially not on an airplane don't watch it on an airplane look they already lost me at richard gear stars in so oh he does not star in he dies very early into the show (laughs) oh okay now you now you got me wait wait he brian cranston's it (laughs) brian cranston's in godzilla dot 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 for about six minutes it is awful do not watch hachi yeah, my my sister's or my oldest niece was like, "Hey guys, you should watch this movie that we just watched. I think it's called like A Dog's Journey. It's adorable. I watched it with my friend's family. We're like, okay, that sounds like a good fun family movie. Yeah. Three minutes in, my sister and I are blubbering like morons, and this child is literally staring at us. I like to watch you cry. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> Next, we're like, watching like, Marley and me. She, she, she's yeah, like, can Paul come over and watch Coco? I want to watch him cry. I'm like, what is wrong with you, you monster? Your tears give me life. <laughs> um, I was like, all right, you became a teenager, and now I'm terrified of you. So. It's worse. It's worse than Marley, me, and Coco combined. It's just don't watch it. Well, I, I will say. This. Steve and I did get to see the Hachiko Monument when we were in Japan. Oh, okay. Well, you know the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't watch the movie. <laughs> You're good. Yeah, why don't you just watch that that one episode of Futurama? You know the one I'm talking about. I don't know. I always I always feel like uh, Richard Gere playing a Japanese guy would be is yeah. weird anyway. <laughs> I mean, uh, Connery can do he, it. he plays a rich guy in Connecticut because they moved it to Connecticut. Well, <laughs> and they still named him Hachi. They have a Japanese friend that was like, oh, hey, there's a Japanese signal on this dog. Its name is Hachi. It's good luck. And they're like, yeah. we're, we're like, we just we just didn't want to call him hot dog. So we call him Hibahachi. It's short for Hibachi. It's fine. We live in Alabama. It's good. <laughs> it, it, yeah. was, it, it was Connecticut, but they're like, hey, you know, we named him after the Betty Hanna guy. No, it's Oh my God. Okay. Nothing to do with anything. I'm doing tutoring with my niece. She's about to start kindergarten and we're like prepping sight words and stuff. And I, she like her brother is bigger into like, give me presents. I want presents for rewards and treats and stuff. And she's much more experiences and going, getting to do fun things. So I like writing, like, what do you want to go do? We'll put it in the box. You can pull them out, movie, whatever. I want to go to that place where they chop the stuff up in front of you and throw it at your face. I was like, we're not going to goddamn Benihana because you remembered your sight words. Like, the fuck? <laughs> She's like, I know something I want to put in there as a treat, but like, I know you're not going to get it. I was like, what? She's like, my own phone. I'm like, you're five. No, <laughs> Jesus. All right. What oh, is a sight word? You get her one of those fucking candy phones or whatever. Yeah. Sight words are basically just words that kids memorize and learn on site. So like all the little you know so conjunction words and mom anymore. dad no, we don't babe no 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 we, we bypass that and now we just make them memorize shit oh so. number roots or something yeah, but shit. i think she's got adhd because i'm recognizing a lot of symptoms for myself and watching her try to do some of these things so she's like i'm like okay sound this word out she knows cat she sees c-a-t spells cat but i say what a c-a-n spell she's like cat i'm like also cat i don't think it is but she's not even looking at the word she's looking at the ceiling the floor like and then she's like how about mouse is it mouse i'm like is there an m in this word no like she just won't look at it at all she's like just guessing like this is not the sixty four thousand dollar pyramid like look at the damn word (laughs) is it a jackal it's a jackal (laughs) um can you um like uh, a lot of kids with ADHD, like they act opposite with uh, stimulants. So like if you give them a Coke, do they go to sleep? Uh, I'm not giving them Coke because they're assholes when they're not on Coke, but probably <laughs> Also, so. you shouldn't give uh, a five-year-old Coke. Just ask Steve Greenberg. 
Okay, all right. I don't know. There's not enough boobs for her to do coke. We don't have. I, we don't have that kind of time. No, the I, I meant coke. No, I f- I found with her that like she can't focus on just that part, like the looking at a flashcard and trying to figure it out. But if I give her a workbook and I'm like, all right, go to town. This is what you're gonna do. She's like, yes. Like she's very focused and very into it. She does a great job. She just, you know, trying to get that across to a kindergarten teacher who's got 26 kids in the class gonna be harder i know but man just like send her on and like have her like clean your garage or something it sounds pretty handy Ooh, have you considered offering her uh to let uh uh letting her watch you cry as a reward (laughs) (laughs) she right yeah yeah she's she'd probably be into it yeah that's funny that's freaking funny actually if you if you memorize your times tables we can watch i am legend again (laughs) this is the one who's like broke down into like hysterical sobbing because I could not text Lynn Manuel Miranda so that she could talk to Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, if you start saving up money for that, um she, what's that what's that thing where you pay money and they cameo, baby. Yep. I kept telling her, I was like, just give just I can put it on video, whatever you want to say. I bet if I sent this adorable little ringlet kid social media to Lynn Manuel, he might see it. It could happen. What if you put, so, just yeah. put it in those apps where they make the mouths move and you could just have it set up you want? Because she's smarter than most humans. Yeah. <laughs> you like, I almost thought that. about you just, somebody me. was like, just, yeah, somebody's like, just text a friend and get them to write it back. I was like, yeah, except this kid will find that later and go back and call that person and then call me out and guilt trip me forever. Yeah. Well, <sighs> damn kids too smart for their own good. Yeah. So you know, you don't have to deal with it forever. Just the rest of your no, life. no, <laughs> just, just the rest of my life exactly. Yep. Yeah. All right, you want to hear the internet quote for today? Yes. Sweet release of yes, death. please. Wait, yes. <laughs> Be kind. Everyone is fighting in a Fight Club you know nothing about because we can't talk about Fight Club. There you go. <laughs> Fact. Oh. I would say it's true, but then I'd have to kill you. Yep. There you go. Anyway, it was a very exciting internet quote today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, not one of the well, best ones, but whatever, it's there. It's Steve and Izzy, thank you so much for coming on Gutember. Oh, oh, thanks for having us. Back. Might yep. snag you for another one here. We have to see. Yep. But tell us where everybody can find you and your glorious podcast. Not that they haven't listened to it 700 times already. So I'm sure they have. But uh, just in case, you can tell your friends about everything I learned from movies available on all the major podcatchers and uh, hosted by Age of Radio, just like the nerdy bitches Woo! here. Uh, and you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at EILF Movies. That's everything I learned from movies. Uh, babe, are you on social media at all? I am. You can find me everywhere at Untidy Venus. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. I'm on all the social medias and I'm over at Etsy at untidyvenus.etsy.com where I sell my goods and wares. Hey, don't you have some uh, incredible enamel pins coming down the pike here in oh, September? Oh, in September, I should be having uh gary the unicorns because all of the unicorns are named gary but we're doing some limited edition releases of special garys including possibly a skeleton gary with golden or nice. and maybe like a pegasus gary yeah com. well alrighty then <laughs> hey, wait, so where exciting. can we find you ladies oh we're we're here we live here <laughs> <laughs> It's like, well, I'm in Houston uh, and I'm in Orange County somewhere. And yeah. We'd prefer you didn't find us. No. Uh, 
But I no, am you everywhere. Can continue I am listening. omnipotent. Oh, sorry. That's right. You can continue listening to Goot Timber here on Nerdy Bitches Podcast. And coming up next, we have Short Circuit. All right. What? Watch Jenny your short. Is alive. See how a racist it is. Um, <laughs> and we'll we'll see if it holds up, right? We'll see it how may not be as racist as Police favorite. Academy. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> how could it be? I, I can't remember how racist it was, but I think it is. I just re- I, I've heard I've heard the warning, so it's been a very long time since I've seen this movie. So I am actually looking forward to checking it out and seeing if it holds up or not. Yeah. Well, I think third billing is uh, playing brownface. So what? Is it even available anywhere? Yes, it's on. You the borrow HBO my Max. copy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's on HBO Max. Okay, if I as long as I can get it somewhere, that means it can't be that bad if you can get it streaming somewhere. I mean, it's yeah. not the devil and Max Devlin. Come on, Disney, own up to your mistakes. That's right. Oh God! If there's if we get one of those warnings above in uh, at the beginning of it, like there is in front of Dumbo, we got to be careful. Or the Song of the South. Good I don't Lord. even think they even show that anymore. Uh, they showed they, it enough for Brent and PJ to check it out. So yeah, but I think yeah. they had to get like a bootleg copy, like. Did we they? had a copy when I was a kid, but my dad found it on Betamax at like a swap meet. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I remember when this came out. Your girl should watch this. I gotta have this. Honestly, it was one of those things where it was just sort of like, oh, here's some Disney movies. Enjoy, mm-hmm. kids. Like it, it wasn't even like, this is the one nobody can get. No, it was just sort of like, yeah, yeah, that's a Disney movie too with a rabbit. You guys have a rabbit? Here. Everybody remembers the rare rabbit. Oh Lord! Versus our rabbit would chase the cat, growl at you, and lunge and bite you. Ah. Oh, buttons! But <laughs> he's got the devil in him. It was Tessa's rabbit. Of course, it was. <laughs> she couldn't handle uh, it, and she would cry that she couldn't take it out of its cage or get her back in its cage. We yeah. had a rabbit for a little while, and then my dog had a rabbit. So. Oh no! Sweet yeah. Hassan Fefa. How racist yeah. were these rabbits? <laughs> <laughs> uh buttons live to be 10 okay uh i think bunny lived less than a year pretty sure <laughs> okay but he was an outside rabbit so you know things happen i guess and then he was an inside yeah. out rabbit am i right high five <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah steve the dog that the bunny was delicious <laughs> <laughs> it's the happiest dog you ever did see do you remember like you're not getting all the cheerios and carrots anymore in in scouts they taught you how to like flip the rabbits inside out so that you know you could eat them nope oh yeah scouts and rabbits <laughs> like, know all about that nope okay. pretty sure the girl scouts of houston didn't teach me well, that at all kind of in a certain way and then you just kind of like fling them really fast and it just takes no i did i did see it in that uh shit was it some sort of movie that they made us watch in like my economics class in high school where the ladies like rabbits for pets and meats yeah that oh i remember that movie she like smacks it on the head with a pipe while she's talking to the guy and just like gets it like just skins it completely you're like (gasps) still alive motherfucker so (laughs) in high school we had two guests in two of my classes that i will never forget one was in my agriculture class. Uh, he was one of the local farmers and he brought rabbits to talk about raising meat rabbits because our county fair had a meat rabbit competition and he wanted people to get involved with it. And uh, he taught the class and demoed how to castrate a rabbit with your teeth. Oh, ah. can't you just do with a rubber band like everybody else? Oh my God. No, apparently it's much more efficient. And then the other one I remember <laughs> was in my, my freshman English class. 
our English teacher invited an ex-con to come talk to us, and he told us how to make a shiv out of a styrofoam cup. We actually had several of those come in as, quote, motivational speakers. They're like, I was a drug addict, and I totally took a life. I heard you're like, uh... At, at which which way are you motivating us, sir? Because I can't tell. So. And they always start with, in accordance with Megan's law, I must tell you kids that. <laughs> God. Steve, uh, so you went to school in Utah. I went to school in Utah. We had like the uh, train conductor and shit. Yeah, yeah. We, we had some really weak saw shit. We had like the, the daughters of the pioneers or yeah, whatever I, that is. I, like, I'm a member. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, they would show you how to churn butter, not castrate cattle yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. we we did, yeah, we did uh, we did like very uh, weak sauce stuff exactly. And we watched our uh, in Driver's Ed. We did watch uh, License to Drive. <laughs> oh, so so many dead bodies on the road. <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, that took a turn. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for checking in for the first week of Gutember, and we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Long live the Goot. Music provided by www.bensound.com and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. <laughs>